right, Angus and Dave, I'm recording, right? Motherfucker, the light is on. Angus and Dave here. It's episode 83 of the, the Dave, Dave and Angus, Angus Show. show. And we are driving to North Idaho. We're going to get some burgers for kind of breakfast. It's like 11 something. Yeah, we're going to go to another classic burger joint in the area. Now, we're going to North Idaho because one of my children has a volleyball tournament. Yeah. And she is quite good, so we like to go support her and, you know, taunt the other children's parents. Yeah, you are quite the distraction. And you're going to give us sports informationals yeah. about a guy that you said is basically an alien. We're going to talk about Ricky Henderson this week. Right. And when the tournament is over, we're going to head out to the Coeur d'Alene Beach and we're going to talk about a movie that we watched. Yeah. Was it a perfect movie? No. I'll outfit for you so you know for sure. Plus, we're going to preview the next four states we're going to visit. All this and me being kick-ass on The, the Dave, Dave and Angus Show. It's Dave and Angus. It's Dave and Angus. It's Dave and Angus. It's Dave and Angus. Top five. Favorite kind of sandwiches made with bread, bread and shit. Top five. David Angus top five. For you. For you. Angus and Dave in North Idaho, and we're having burgers for breakfast. Yeah, we're at Paul Bunyan's Hamburgers. And that name might give you the impression that these are burgers for tough guys, and you're right. They are very good. We got tasty cheap burgers in this part of the world. Yeah. And you can tell Paul Bunyan's because there's a giant metal sign of a Paul Bunyan-looking guy. Big bearded son of a bitch with an axe. Yeah, they have those old-school metal signs. And the Northwest is one of the few places you can get a hammy whammy and a side of munchers, and somebody will know what you're talking about. Yeah, looks really good. Right, Dave got the blue ox burger because, you know. Because Paul Bunyan had a blue ox. So Dave's just eating Paul Bunyan's friend. Well, it's got blue cheese. Feel bad, Dave. No, thank you. Well, we're gathered together today for a very important subject. It's not important. It's our top five kinds of sandwiches. Right. Hamburgers don't count, and even chicken sandwiches, despite sandwich being in the name, they don't count. Right. This is like lunch sandwiches. You get a pickle spear and some chips kind of shit. Sounds good to me. If they serve chicken nuggets, they don't have the sandwiches we're talking about. All right. We get it. Well, start us off, David. Right, my number five is a good old turkey club sandwich. It's a classic. It's turkey and fried bacon, lettuce, tomato, and mayo. It's hard to fuck that shit up, but it can be done. Right. Side of chips. I'm in heaven. You're starting out respectable, which is surprising. Yeah, what's your number five? Well, when we traveled through the South, we came across a sandwich called the Po' Boy. Oh, yeah. Now, I know it was originally like shrimp and oysters and shit that was in those, but you put some chicken fingers in a Po' Boy and I'm there. Yeah, there's lots of variations throughout the country. Yeah, but a Po' Boy stands in a very elite class of sandwiches that are meals. Right. A sandwich is like a checkpoint meal. What? It's a checkpoint. You don't want to eat a bunch during the day in the middle of your work day. So you're like, give me a little bit of shit and some bread and, and then you're back to your bullshit. I feel like this list is already kind of inconsistent because I think you get fries with a Po' Boy. I'm just saying no bullshit. You can get at McDonald's or Burger King, Dave. All right, all right. What's your number four? Well, this one comes with fries. A lot of times it's a Philly cheesesteak. Two respectable choices in a row, Dave. It's subjective food favorites. Your family can hold its head up high for once. Well, we haven't traveled to Philadelphia yet, but we've had some awesome Philly cheesesteaks. We had some awesome ones in New Jersey. Blasphemy, Dave. And in Massachusetts. So far, the thing that we think unites the United States is the tasty food. Yeah, there's tasty food everywhere. Some more than others, for sure. No. But I digressificationalize. Right, what's your number four? The Monte Cristo sandwich, Dave. Oh, yeah, that's really good. It's fucking nut bar. Dave. It is. It's a deep fried French toast sandwich, man. I don't know if it's supposed to be deep fried. They put ham and turkey and Swiss cheese inside fucking French toast and deep fried, bitch. Right. My mouth doesn't know what the fuck to do. It's like, is it sweet? Is it savory? It is very good. You get some fucking jam on the side and you're dipping turkey and ham in the jam, Dave. I get it. Yeah. That's fucking crazy shit, Dave. Right. You probably shouldn't eat them all the time. You're not my dad. Right. Well, my number three is the French dip sandwich. If you don't get the gravy water shit. What, au jus? Gesundheit. Why don't you like the gravy water? Because it's weird, Dave. It's like having pre 
barbecued food. I do the chewing. Okay. I'm the masticator. It seasons the meat and the bread in a delicious way. Who the fuck wants soggy bread? You eat it immediately. And you think of another sandwich where they're like, please make it no, soggy. It's a dip. You're a dip. Whatever, it's my number three. That's some weak-ass shit, Dave. You had two in a row and then you did that. You don't like a French dip sandwich. Minus some meat water. Right, well, it's meant to be eaten that way. Yeah, and then God invented Arby's and horsey sauce, Dave. Right, well, what's your number three? Well, I thought this list deserved a real classic. Right. And it's any of the peanut butter family. Uh, peanut butter and jelly? We're not limited to that, Dave. There's peanut butter and jelly, peanut butter and jam, peanut butter and honey, peanut butter and Nutella, yeah. peanut butter and banana and pickles, no. peanut butter and ketchup, peanut butter and horseradish. What? what I've always wanted to do is get peanut butter, almond butter, cashew butter, pistachio butter, and pecan butter, and smother nut butter, and then just have a nut orgy sandwich. I'm curious what that would taste like. Like nuts fucking. Okay. But my favorite of all those for the nostalgia feels is peanut butter and honey. I don't think I've ever had that. Well, Dave, it's a neat little sweet treat. Right. Featuring the sweet goo from a bee's ass. Right, not like honey on things. Well, PB&J is popular, but PB&H, man. Uh, well, I'll have to try that. If your parental unit really likes you, they'll put some fucking butter on a toasty version, you know? Okay. I miss when my mom wasn't in a cult, Dave. Yeah, she sure is in a cult. I blame Jose Canseco. I know you do. Fuck that Jose Canseco. Right, so your number three is the peanut butter family, but peanut butter and honey. You really get me, Dave. All right, well, my number two is very simple. Just a turkey and ham sandwich with some chips. Just a simple-ass sandwich. Yeah, but you gotta crush the chips up and put the chips in the sandwich. That really is the key to your heart, isn't it? I do love me some chips. All right, I'm having a hard time. Is this like a hoagie bread? What are we talking about here? Doesn't matter. It could be a pita, ham, and turkey on anything. All right, how about a wrap? Definitely. A baguette. Obviously. Between two pancakes. Probably not. On the counter of a truck stop bathroom. What are we doing? I don't know, Dave. I'm trying to spice up your boring ass list. If I'm at Jersey Mike's or, you know, Subway or wherever, I'm going to get me a turkey and ham with, you know, chips. And smash them up in the bag and pour the dust upon your sandwich. Yeah, did you call it a sandwich? Sometimes I call sandwiches sandwiches, Dave, just like I call children chitrins. Where the hell is your family from, anyway? Calm the fuck down, Dave. All right, what's your number two? Well, before my mom fell head over heels in love with Jose Canseco, went to Florida, got all fucked up, and then joined a cult. Right. And then fell into a series of other cults. It's been a real train wreck of a life. She used to make fried egg fucking sandwiches on grilled cheese, Dave. It was fucking delicious. I miss it. Right, well, you could probably make your own. I've tried. There's no way to recreate it. Might just toast up some bread and oh, yeah. put some fried egg on mm -hmm. there and then mm -hmm. put some mayonnaise and mm -hmm. some ketchup and Ooh. some cheese. It sounds like it'd be easy. It sounds like you could spice it up with some bacon, too, right, Dave? Absolutely. My mom had a special ingredient. It might have been spit. Could have been tears. Yikes. But it's unrecreatable. Okay. My guy's looking at me funny, Dave. Mom, you're kind of getting worked up. Fuck Jose Canseco, sir. And then you escalate it. It's best to let people know what page I'm on. Fuck him in the face, sir. That's right. I don't care. You don't have to care about it, sir. Just eat your hammy whammy and your side or whatever the fuck they're called. I guess fuck Jose Canseco, Dave. Right, so an egg sandwich. No, not a fucking egg sandwich. Sounds like a fried egg sandwich. I heard how you fucking describe what you fucking thought you heard me say. <laughs> I said a grilled cheese sandwich, Dave. No. Then there was an egg inserted into that shit. <laughs> okay. And it was delicious. And then Jose fucking Canseco, Dave. All right, sit down. He may have hit a lot of home runs, sir, yeah. but fuck him in his muscly yeah. neck. Yeah. He's just being Don't weird. Don't fucking uh, relax. I'm a podcaster, Dave. I think I can Will handle you just it. Sit down. I am sitting. You're literally standing. All right, I'm sitting now. Fuck. That guy's wearing a cowboy oh. hat. He's like 75. Yeah. He probably doesn't even know who Jose Canseco uh, is. He said he hit a lot of. He knows who he is. You're randomly shouting at My people. mom is in a cult because of Jose Canseco. Right. It's not super funny, Dave. It is pretty funny. On a scale of one to ten, it's like a three, three and a half. No, it's funnier than that. I miss my mom making me sandwiches, Dave. You're a grown middle aged man, Angus. The next time I see Jose Canseco, Dave, there will be a rematch. His bodyguard kicked your ass at a baseball card signing convention. He knew I was there. He heard me taunting him. Right, so my honorable mention would be a tuna fish sandwich or 
an egg salad sandwich. No, wrong. Both of those are wrong. I also don't mind a bologna sandwich as long as I can crush up some chips. It is tasty to crush up some chips and put them in your sandwiches of all kinds, Dave. No, but what no. you really should crush up is some Jose Canseco. God damn it, Angus. When my mom first fell in love with him, he was playing for the Oakland A's, and he was living in Miami, Florida, and my dad and I went to Miami, Florida to confront Jose Canseco, Dave. No, we've been friends a long time, I remember. My dad tried to beat Jose Canseco's ass. Right. But Jose Canseco's house was defended by several mean dogs. And so he was deterred. Well, that and Jose Canseco wasn't home. He was in the Bahamas or some shit. No. Well, there you go. Yeah, my dad wasn't one to do research before a 3,000-mile trip across the fucking country. Right, and you went in that station wagon, huh? So tuna fish, huh? Absolutely. You put some cheese in there, yum. So my honorable mention would be a bagel with cream cheese. That's not a sandwich. Jose Canseco fucked my life, Dave. Right, well, that doesn't make a bagel with cream cheese a fucking sandwich. I'll say it is. Well, then a pancake's a fucking sandwich. Then what are we doing? I think if you put some meat and cheese between two pine cones, that's a sandwich, no. Dave. All right, I'm not going to argue with you. Bagel and cream cheese. Also on my list would be a fucking French dip, Dave, but not like all fucking soggy like you want. Right. All right, it's time for our number one. That guy's giving me the side out, oh, Dave. He did just berate him about a fucking baseball player. Look at him sitting there with his cowboy hat. Don't, don't, Fuck Jose Canseco, sir. We stop. Why are you talking? I'm spreading Jose Canseco awareness, sir. He steals moms and inspires cult-like behavior. All right, well, this is getting kind of crazy, so my number one would be a party sub. The, the bigger, the better. That's shit, Dave. All right, what's your number one? Well, like we agreed, mm. we couldn't do any ties, so right. I have a three-way tie. Now, of course. Grilled cheese sandwich, breakfast sandwich, mm. sloppy joe. I thought we couldn't do breakfast sandwiches because they serve those at McDonald's. Nah, Dave, right. no. All right, well, those are our complete top five. We hope for lunch today you find yourself with a sweet-ass sandwich. Right, unless dietary constraints restrict such things. Yeah, if you're kicking yourself in the dick or some other kind of dick kicking occurred, no. you know, no. enjoy your salad. Right, I feel like we should leave. I mean, no. this guy's feeling uncomfortable. He's feeling uncomfortable because he's pro-Jose Canseco. The Dave and Angus Show will be right back after these messages. Who would come back for this? You like to drink. Yeah, I do, yeah. But you have to work. You're telling me. Well, Scatech has the solution. What, so I can drink at work? Introducing the new Scatech Day Drinker Distribution System. What is this nonsense? While we at Scatech absolutely do not condone using this for alcoholic beverages. It has a beer bong attachment. You could theoretically hold like half a keg of beer, three bottles of wine, oh. and four bottles of spirits in all the different yeah. pouches. This thing's very heavy. But it can be easily concealed. It has a beer helmet with straws. The patented refrigeration design helps keep the five pockets cold as it wraps around your body. Yeah, I can't feel my abdomen. That means it's working. Yeah, these straps are cutting into my neck. Just drink from the patented multi-straw system. It's just a beer helmet connected to a bunch of fucking camelbacks. The day drinker distribution system by Scatech. Yeah, this part's leaking tequila on my shirt and pants. From the makers of the day smoker suction system. Oh, hello. Hey, what the fuck? Get drunk or stoned at work with Scatech. And now back to the thing. I don't know, fucking whatever. Sports ball. I finally get a segment. Sports ball, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sports ball. It's about cool sports stats. Sports ball, fucking yeah. Sports ball. Let's learn about statistics. Let's do sports ball things. Sports ball on the stat kill. Stat cast, stat kill. Sports ball, yeah. This is stat cast, stat kill. Dumb. Angus and Dave here. Yeah, we're doing another stat kill. And we're watching one of my middle school Chitron's volleyball matches, and I'm not supposed to say that I'm her dad. I'm with her. I don't think I'd want anyone to know either. Fuck you, Dave. Right, well, we're sitting in the bleachers at a volleyball match. I must say, my daughter is very good. Yeah, she is. Well, her mother was all-state swimming or rock climbing or some shit. She was all-state in track and basketball. I said her some shit. Thanks, dude. Why are you checking up on my wife, Dave? I went to high school with her, just like you did. Hold on, I'm supposed to cheer. Right, yes. Right, yep. Yeah. That is getting to college for free. No, no pressure. It's a very competitive world, Dave. It's all pressure. Right, well, I'm very excited today for StatKill. Dave has statisticals for you. Um, I think this might interest you, even if you've never even cared for sports in your life. Those are big claims. Is this worse sports fights or something? Now, today we're going to talk about Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson. Right. Hold on, Dave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my girl. There you go. Get that room and board. It's baseball season, so we're still talking baseball. Ricky Henderson. Didn't you say he was some sort of alien or something? He seems like an alien, yes. Proceed. Well, there's no argument that Ricky Henderson 
Jackson is one of the greatest players of all time. Everyone get out your calculator. It's hard to even know where to start with Ricky Anderson. Well, start with why I should give a fuck about him. Well, first of all, as far as baseball goes, he could be considered the greatest leadoff hitter of all time mm-hmm. and the greatest base runner. All right, what are those things? Well, the leadoff hitter is the first person at bat for a team. Number one. They're usually the most likely person to get on base as far as the team is concerned. All well, right, then. Now, a good leadoff hitter's job is to get on first base, whether it's a walk or a single, and then let the other hitters hit him in for a, know, a run. Okay. A guy like Barry Bonds would hit third, fourth, or fifth in a batting lineup. Because of the steroids? Because they hit for power. Usually a leadoff hitter is just trying to get on base. I think I get it. Ricky Henderson didn't do steroids. Oh, Hold on, my daughter did a thing again. Yeah, yep. You're bringing non-shame to the family. Non-shame. Now continue with the Ricky Henderson day. Uh, the very first interesting thing about Ricky Henderson, I gotta say, is that he batted right-handed uh-huh. and threw left-handed. Why does that matter? Well, most players throw right-handed. Where am I? And almost every single player that bats only right-handed uh-huh. also throws right-handed. I don't what? Hold on, your daughter. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. She's going to the Big 12 or 15 or 32, whatever the fuck it is now. You're talking about college conferences? I heard sports things. I don't know. Anyway, it's very, very rare for a player to bat right-handed that throws left-handed. Most people that throw left-handed also bat left-handed mm. or switch hit. How progressive. What? Let people live. Anyway, it's very rare. He's the best player by far that's ever done it. Well, super. Now, now Ricky Henderson had a very unique stance. I remember him. He was all hunched over. He would make the strike zone very small for a pitcher by bending over and yeah, bending his knees. A pitcher was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Now, and because of that, he drew a lot of walks. Well, those aren't exciting. Oh, more on that later, but he also had a lot of hits. Speaking of hits, remember Last Resort by Papa Roach? What? Anyway, there's only 33 players that have ever had 3,000 career hits. That's a lot of safely putting bat to bean. He's 27th all-time with 3,055 total hits. Make sure you remember that when the census guy comes around. Oh, fuck yeah. That was all my daughter. That was all her. That's from my genes. That's my DNA. Please continue with the Ricky Henderson. To go with his 3,000 hits, he's also the all-time leader in unintentional walks. You mean he just left the house and found himself walking the dog like, what the fuck? I was watching TV. Nothing like that. In all seriousness, I thought Barry Barnes was the all-time leader in walks. That's if you include intentional walks. Ricky Henderson has drawn a lot of walks by frustrating pitchers with that little strike zone that he made. I don't mean to take away from Ricky Henderson, but did you see what that really tall girl on the other team just did to our team? I mean, I'm watching with you. She bounced the ball off my daughter's friend's face and they still were like, good job. I love the team camaraderie of volleyball. Right, sorry, I died grizzled. Go back to the Ricky Henderson. Now, Ricky Henderson's 2,129 walks is actually 259 more than Barry Bonds. Not including the intentional. That's right. I'm paying attention to two things at once, Dave. Right, but Ricky Henderson got on base a fuck low. Sounds like it. But what he did after he got on base was where the magic is. You mean there's more exciting things than walks and singles, Dave? Absolutely. First of all, Ricky Henderson is considered the greatest leadoff hitter of all time because he used to hit a lot of home runs. But wasn't supposed to, though. It's not the norm, but he had 81 leadoff home runs, which meant he was the very first at bat for his team in the game, mm. and he hit a home run to start the game. That's a good way to start the game. And his 81 is better than anyone else. The next up is George Springer with 56. So he's the best at that. That's primarily the leadoff hitter for his team. He hit 297 career home runs. Well, that's not more than like Babe Ruth or King Griffey Jr. No, but where Ricky Henderson truly excelled was scoring runs. Well, that seems important to baseball. Yeah, and how he scored those runs was stealing bases. Ricky Henderson was a stealer? The greatest of all time. Whoa, oh, shit, shit. Oh, damn, right in the face. Yeah. I'm pretty sure headhunting the other girl should be illegal. It's volleyball. She's targeting my daughter's team's players' faces, Dave. Now, Ricky Henderson is the all-time leader for stolen bases with 1,406. Ricky Henderson must have a lot of storage units for all the bases he stole, Dave. Ricky Henderson's record for career stolen bases is considered unbreakable. That's not how records work. Now, consider this. Lou Brock, the player who comes in second, is 468 stolen bases away. Well, good luck, Lou Brock. Now, Lou Brock played before Ricky Henderson. Oh, so Ricky Henderson broke Lou Brock's record? Yeah, and to put it in perspective, to break Ricky Henderson's record, a person would have to steal 60 bases a year, mm. which would make him a league leader most years. Right. More than 23 years in a row. Okay. Now, Ricky Henderson 
played 25. That's a lot of years for any job. Only four other players in baseball history have played longer than Ricky Henderson. That's why he's an alien. They called him the Man of Steel. Superman was an alien, right? Oh, nice. That was awesome. She is my daughter. That makes me awesome. go with his career record in stolen bases. There's more. He also holds the single season record for most stolen bases. Well, tell us how we do. In 1982, in 149 games, he stole 130 bases. Well, that's almost one a game. Which is insane for stealing bases because, you know, most people don't do them that often. Right. You were saying like 60 would lead the leaderpools. That a girl. That's nice. how Blackburns do. Yeah, usually 60, 70 would lead the league. So he doubled that shit. He did, and nobody's come close to that record since either. Ricky stands alone. That season was crazy, by the way. He had 66 stolen bases in the first 66 games. Well, that sounds downright satanic. Because of the sixes. You get it, Dave. In that 1982 season, Ricky Henderson stole more bases than every single team in baseball except for one. Than the whole team? Now, Ricky Henderson stole third base, mm-hmm. just third base by itself, right. which is less common than second base. Mm-hmm. More times than the Minnesota Twins team had in total bases stolen. Just third. He was a man amongst chips. He was very special. Oh. In 1982, he had 225 opportunities to steal a base, which meant he was on first or second base with that next base open. I think I follow. Well, of those 225 times he had an opportunity, uh-huh. he attempted to steal 172 times. That seems like the majority. Now, 76.4% of the time, he was stealing on that pitcher. That'll fuck with the pitcher's head. He really did. In 1982, he stole first and then second within the same at bat 19 times. Well, that's how you fucking do baseball. To be a great base runner, you have to be very smart. You have to know baseball very well. And above all, you have to be very fast. Are you trying to tell us that Ricky Henderson was fast? And he knew baseball and he was very smart. Take that, you shitty chitron. We're kind of just scratching the surface of what Ricky Henderson did to baseball. That sounds kind of aggressive. Baseball had never seen a player like him before. We mentioned he stole second and third a lot, but the exciting thing is stealing home. Did he do that? Now, Ricky Henderson actually holds that record as well with 81 career steals of a home plate. Well, that's how many bean boppers he knocked out in leadoff form, Dave. That's right. That makes it easier to remember these numbers for the test later. Did you see that? Yeah, the really good girl on the fucking other team is headhunting that fucking gun, Dave. That's like four or five fucking heads been hunting, Dave. She's shaking it off, though. It can't be legal for this chitron to headhunt other chitron. But Ricky Henderson's career is an anomaly. He's a unicorn. While stealing all those bases helped Ricky Henderson get himself in what's called scoring position. My wife hates it when I call it that. What? Oh, God. Yeah, you're going to want to call it that later. Well, Well, not you, Dave, because only animals love you. Yeah, to go with Ricky Henderson's unintentional walks record and steals record, he's also the all-time runs leader. So he scored baseball points a lot. His 2,295 runs is more than anyone, more than even Ty Cobb, who's second with 2,245. That's for sure going to be on the test. Ricky Henderson scored a lot of runs. In 1985, for example, he had 146 runs, the most since Ted Williams in 1949. That sounds like a fuckload. Only eight players since have had more than 140 runs. Go, Ricky. Well, there's tons of crazy stats. Give us more, Dave. Well, back to the stealing of bases. Look at that girl headhunting. She's staring our girls down. Ricky Henderson stole three or more bases in a single game 71 times in his career. What a menace. He stole four bases in a game 19 times. Shit, this on kid. July 24th, 1989, he stole five bases in a game. That's a busy dude. Is that the record? Now, surprisingly, Ricky Henderson doesn't hold that record. But Dave Apedia knows. Well, a guy named George Gore and a guy named Billy Hamilton. More on him in a minute. They hold the record for seven in a game. Never heard of them. Well, they both played in the 1880s, 1890s. I didn't even know they did baseball then. Well, three players in the modern era have stolen six bases in a single game. Well, Ricky should have tried harder. Let's do some rapid fire crazy Ricky Henderson stats. Let's do it. Back to his stolen bases. He was successful stealing almost 81% of the time. Never could catch Ricky. But he has the all-time career record for being caught stealing, too, with 335. Well, you can't win them all. Here's a crazy stolen base stat. Fuck me up, Dave. Well, if you were to break up his career stolen base numbers, he would hold the record with 939. And his remaining 467 would put him in 47th place. So he'd be number one and number 47? It's crazy, but it gets way crazier. Between 1970 and 1980, 
89. The before four times. Yeah. Holy oh, shit. Again wow. in the face. Okay, wow. she's doing that shit on purpose with the face shit, Dave. Yeah, four different girls. This girl is smashing faces out there. Yeah. She's precision face smashing my daughter and her friends. Between 1970 and 1989, mm. Ricky Henderson stole 283 more bases than anyone during that period. Mm. But he didn't debut until 1979. Wait, he didn't participate in fucking nine years and had 200 more? 283. Shit. Actually, in the 1980s, nobody stole more bases. He had 838. That's crazy. And just in that 10-year span, that would make him fourth all-time in stolen bases. Well, shit. Now, let's finish it off. Ricky Henderson led the league in stolen bases 12 times. All day. And he also led the league in runs five times. All right. And he had 13 seasons where he had over 100 runs. That's excellent. I believe you. He's a Hall of Famer, mm. a 10-time All-Star, mm. a two-time World Series champion. That's a good thing. And in 1990, he won his league's MVP. Well, that's just crazy as fuck. But longevity helped make the legend of Ricky Henderson. 25 years of baseball. 25 years of very quality baseball. Whatever. If this girl hits one more hit. At age 39, he led the American League in walks and stolen bases. Sweet. He even stole 109 bases between the ages of 40 and 44. The guy could not stop stealing bases. No, he couldn't. Oh, boy. Shit. It got her right in the neck. That's pretty much the head. Now, that girl really is dominant. Watch your face, now, honey. Before we get out of here, this led me down an interesting road. I've had enough baseball stats, Dave. Now, for the longest time, I thought Ricky Henderson was a single-season record holder for stolen bases with 130, like I said. Did you lie to us, Dave? They played baseball before what we call the modern era, mm. before 1900. I'm following. And a guy named Hugh Nicole actually stole 138 bases in 1887. While smoking. Now, the crazy thing is he had a 215 batting average, which is very, very low. He did what he could with what he had. Very much so, but it made me find this guy named Billy Hamilton. Old Billy Ham. He's a Hall of Fame player. He played 14 seasons between 1888 and 1901. Well, tell us how he smoked. Holy shit, this guy stole 100 bases in a season five times. And that's a lot. Getting as high as 111 twice. Go, Billy Hams, go. He was also walked a lot, and he had two batting titles. He batted 340 in 1891 and 380 in 1893. Those are some numbers. I just never heard of this guy, but check this out. His best season came in 1894. Before the invention of slash bread. In this year, he played in 132 games for Philadelphia. While drunk. He had 225 hits, 90 RBIs, 100 stolen bases, 128 walks. Fucking numbers. But holy, check this out. He batted 403. That's his batting average. And he had an on-base percentage of 521, which means he was on base 52% of the time. He basically lived there. And that directly led to this incredibly crazy stat. He scored 198 runs that season. Well, that's a lot of numbers. It's by far the most in the history of baseball. Neat. It's 21 more than anyone else. Give it up for Billy Hams. Well, in Billy Hamilton's 14-year career, he played for the KC Cowboys, the Philadelphia Phillies, and the Boston Bean Eaters. Guess which one of those is my favorite team, Dave? The Boston Bean Eaters. You know it, bitch. Now, Billy Hamilton finished his career with a 344 career average, which is 10th, mm. and a 455 on base percentage, which is 4th, and then 3rd all-time in stolen bases with 914. And all that shit's on the test. Now, I didn't know about Billy Hamilton's 1894 season, 198 runs, 100 stolen bases. Jeez. He was good at baseball. Right, well, Ricky Henderson and Billy Hamilton, both very interesting players, very different careers, but wow. That might be the most semi-meaningless numbers anyone's ever thrown in my general direction before, Dave. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Ricky Henderson. Now, one last thing I found out about Ricky Henderson, just to kind of tell you the kind of guy he was. Well, give me some more numbers. Now, one day when the Oakland A's... Fuck Jose Canseco. When they were doing some accounting, they noticed they had a million extra dollars. That's like the tenth time in the fucking face. I guess they hit balls at each other. That's the point. It's the same chitron smashing my daughter's friend's faces. This has got to be tough. Hey, yeah, Why'd Oakland A's, they found they had an extra million dollars, and they found out that Ricky Henderson had never cashed his million dollar check that they gave him, and instead he just put it up on his wall and framed it. Fuck yeah, Ricky Henderson doesn't need stupid human money. That's what it seemed like. Well, this has been baseball as fuck, Dave. Yeah. Now, if you'll excuse me, Angus, I gotta go talk shit to the parents of that really good chitron for headhunting. No, no, she's basically Angus. a dragon.
my dad's show. We'll be back after the messages. Well, you're better than your brother. Yay. People have written in to me to say, hey, do you really expect me to shove my boobies in them cubies? But as you can see, now my boobies are cubies. My boobies are cubies too. Thanks to booby cubes. My whole life's different now. I can put the remote control for the TV on my boobies. It's like we're living in a whole nother world. My boobs are... Thank you, booby cubes. Thank you, booby cubes. Thank you, booby cubes. All these paid spokespeople can't be wrong. I don't get paid a lot. Booby cubes are the future in mammary gland support. Who would have thought I'd feel better with squares for titties? Booby cubes come in one size fits all because they will fucking fit in there. It's a lot of cramming. Booby cubes. Teach your boobies to be cubies. It sounds crazy at first and it ultimately is crazy in the end as well. Booby cubes. Because those boobies will do what we tell them. Uh, great barbecue, Robbie. Is it? Well, of course it is. Everybody's having a great time. It just feels like it's missing something. What do you mean? Like strippers? No, like a condiment. Like we have relish and we have mayonnaise and ketchup and mustard. Well, you even put out jalapeno. I love a spicy burger and I know some of my family do too. Uh, well, I can call strippers if you need them. I just wish I had something really spicy, you know? Uh, it's too bad about the strippers. Hey, neighbor. Oh, hey, Polly. I didn't mean to eavesdrop, but did you say you needed something spicy? No, I just wish I had something, you know? I could get strippers here in 20 minutes. You know, I got a bottle of this. Holy, what, they tried to bite me. Yeah, they do that sometimes. What is this? It's a bottle of ketchup that'll change your life. Well, I already have ketchup. Robbie, buddy, I said change your life. <laughs> what is it, that mayo ketchup? It's hallucinogenic ketchup juice by werewolf water. Hall hallucinogenic? It's made out of those crazy mushrooms, bitch. But that can't be legal. Yeah, have you heard of the internet? Yeah. Again, this bottle's trying to bite me. Put the ketchup on the burger. Uh, my guy says he can't get any strippers, but I'm gonna try another guy. Dude, I'm not putting this on my burger. I thought you said you wanted spicy. I don't want to hallucinate. My kids are here. I thought we were fucking having a party. It's a neighborhood barbecue. Just put a little bit on there. It sounds like this shit is illegal. Just in states and countries with no genital fortitude. Holy shit, it smells awful. It's not meant to taste good. It's fucking ketchup, Polly. It's ketchup juice. All right. Yeah, eat the soggy bun. Mm. What is that flavor? Uh, strippers will be here in 25 minutes. That is the flavor of you taking back control of your life. Well, I don't feel good. Except for the next 25 minutes, this shit's gonna own you. Yeah, I told you it was spicy. Uh, what the hell did you uh, give it? Well, with water, hallucinogenic ketchup. Oh, you think strippers are like that? How the fuck would I know? I'm just asking, what's wrong with him? I don't know, maybe he doesn't handle spicy things very good. Uh, it looks like his skin's ripping apart from his bones. Yeah, this really isn't that spicy. Well, tell that to his contorted spinal column. What did you do to me? I'm just spicing up your culinary experience. Well, his eyes are bugging out. Yeah, what a bitch. Why is his face all like that? Okay, he might be having some kind of reaction. Here, let me read the back of the bottle here. Uh, yeah. Oh, fucking shit. Uh, what's it say? It's the info moon. Yeah. Shit. Now back to the Dave and Angus show on the Skycast Network. All uh, right, you're my favorite now. Movie reviews. Movie reviews. Movie reviews from Dave and Angus to you. Movie reviews, fucking they're real good too. I watched a movie for you, listen to me. Let the alphage commence. Once again, we're in North Idaho, and once again, we're doing the movie review on the beach, Dave. Now, beautiful beach in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Where my daughter's team just played a volleyball tournament. They did pretty good. Well, they got second, and I got to yell at a stranger. You are a weird dude. And we're doing a movie review because we watched a movie last night. Yeah, we did. Well, Dave has shit for taste, so here we go. And we watched Under Siege 2. Yeah. Dark Territory. A fucking Seagal classic. Yeah, doesn't hold up that great. Did you not see that fucking epic knife fight scene? Uh, you hyped it up the whole time. They cast a living G.I. 
joke character for that movie, Dave? What, the bad guy? One of several bad guys. Not my favorite movie. Well, that's your opinion. We're about to get scientifical. Right, well, this movie came out July 14th, 1995. And Steven Seagal not only starred in this vehicle, but he also produced it. Yeah, it had a whole bunch of actors that you'd probably recognize. Including Catherine Hagel. And Kurtwood Smith, who plays Red Foreman in, you know... That hippie show. That 70s show. Whatever, this got some bullshit on the Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, the professional movie watchers gave it 34%, and the audience gave it 38%. And IMDb gives it 5.5 out of 10. Oh, it hurts. It did make its money back, and then some. It had a $60 million budget, and it made $104 million at the box office. Fuck yeah, Steven. Other than that, the action was better than mm. the actual acting. How dare you? But this was during a time when stealth bombers were in all the movies, dude. Like, every movie during this era had a stealth bomber in it. Right, well, this one did not disappoint in that front. And I love movies in the 90s, because all the trailers just showed the movie. Yeah, they did. Dave and I watched the fucking trailer, and it's like, well, that was the whole damn movie. In order. And they're like, fuck you, you don't care about the story. Come see the punching. Pretty much. And it's worth it. Now, here's the story. Yeah. So Casey Ryback is back after Under Siege 1, which is a 5.3 alpha. Yikes. We haven't officially done it yet, but I can eyeball it. Very scientific. I am the science. Yeah, yeah. But Casey Ryback is back, and he's retired from the Navy, and he's settled in Denver, Colorado. Right. And he's, like, running a restaurant. Owns a restaurant. Shut the fuck up, Dave. Now, yeah. Ryback's brother dies yeah. in a mysterious plane crash, and his daughter, Sarah, who's played by Hagel. Yeah. Old Casey Ryback has to accompany her back to L.A. for the funeral on a train. Yeah. This is a train-based movie. Last time I was a ship, now it's a fucking train. Indeed. Now, this train's rolling through the Rocky Mountains. It's a beautiful day. The Rocky Mountains are beautiful. And they meet a porter. He's going to become a badass later. Right. Morris Chestnut. And then terrorist shit happens. Right. This computer nerd named Travis Dane, who used to work for the government, comes on and he's like, I'm taking over this shit. Right. And he's got an army of mercenary dudes, which includes the G.I. Joe guy, the fucking Red Foreman guy, yeah. and the bad guy from the mask. Right. And then blah, blah, blah. There's a satellite terrorist shit. There's a billion dollars to destroy, like the Eastern Seaboard, blah, blah, blah. Some about blowing up a nuclear reactor underneath the Pentagon or something. None of that shit matters because then Steven Seagal does Steven Seagal shit for the rest of the movie. Yeah, he does. Which means he kicks ass and is barely ever touched by anyone ever. Right. Then there's the epic knife fight with the G.I. Joe baddie, Dave. Yeah. Plus there's trains on a collision course. Indeed. This movie's got it all. I disagree. Well, before we do official science, you know, give it whatever the fuck you give it. Well, out of five stars, I'd probably give it two stars. The fuck you say? No, not a big fan. Oh, Dave. What? I'm not a big fan. It's just not my kind of it movie. It has trains and stealth bombers and knife fights. No, I'm not a big Steven Seagal guy. Kirk my hand, but fuck your face, Dave. We're gonna out this shit. Outin' some shit. Gonna out some movies. So everyone knows the science. Right, well, I assume they played the theme song there. It's time for the Angus Alf system. Right, which is based on Angus liking the Alf movie for some reason. You could also say Angus loves films, Dave. I hope nobody says that. Well, I do love this film, and here's how we're going to do it. We're going to Alf it one at a time. There's five points. Right. For one Alf, did Under Siege 2, Dark Territory, make sense to an Angus? It's pretty simple to follow. Despite the complex geopolitical nature and techie shit, it was very easy to follow. Yeah. So it gets one Alf. Okay. Next Alf, did it engage in Angus continually throughout? To keep your attention. Steven Seagal was whooping ass, Dave. Okay. And there were explosions and shit. Right, so one alpha. It gets the full alpha. Now, number three. Two out of two alphas. Dave's keeping the stats. Right. For another full alpha, did an Angus give a fuck about the characters? Did you care whether the characters lived or died? I did, Dave. I was scared for them for a moment. Yeah, Steven Seagal is almost never in danger in his movies. I wasn't fucking afraid for Steven Seagal, Dave. Shit. Okay. But let's just say an Angus cared. That's three alphas. Okay. And now to earn a fourth alpha, mm. did it stimulate an Angus's emotionals? Mm. It did, Dave. Okay. I was stimulated as fuck. Okay, so 
four outs. Four outs. I see where this is going. We go to the final out. Right. Would I watch it again or recommend it to a friend? Not the look in your eye is telling me that you would. Fucking oh, right, I would. Fucking oh. Fucking an A has less space. If you fucking oh, it takes that little bar out. I get it. I'm recommending it now. I guess that counts. And I watch it once a year. I wouldn't admit that. And I still wish I could type like that nerdy guy. Right, well, we've got five outs. And you know what that means, Dave. You part out three tenths of an alf's body. Under Siege 2 is teetering on a perfect movie. How do we decide? With extra alf body parts. For one tenth of an alf, did I lose control of my emotional? Did you do that? I did not. Really? Under Siege 2 is not a perfect movie to you? Not like Under Siege 1. Okay. All right, the next little part of an alf, did I call people after I saw it to get them to go fucking see it? I know you called me. I called a few folks, so it does get the point one. All right. And for the final tenth of an alf, would I punch a baby out of glee? Worst part of the alf system by far. Well, maybe it'll make you feel better if I say it didn't, Dave. Under Siege 2, Dark Territory with Steven mm. Seagal didn't make you want to punch a baby because it was so great. That's correct. It was very great. Not really. It's very great, but 5.1 great. All right, so 5.1 Alves for Under Siege 2. It's a highly recommended near-perfect movie. It's an action movie with Steven Seagal on the train. And that's the fucking science. Alfing some shit. We off some movies so that you would know if they're good or not. You're welcome. Now it's time to... What the fuck was that about? It's our new end of the show sound, Dad. Don't do that again. All right, come out of the booth, Dad. Don't you ever do that again. Well, we have come to the end of the show. Now we're hanging out at the Viking. It's the Cheers of Spokane, where everyone knows your name. Well, they know your name because you're the dickhead that's screaming for a horn of meat all the time. It does seem to cause some confusion. Right, well, this is our last podcast before we're back on the road. Dave and I have been to 17 states and one district. Now, and between Angus and Tim, we've deleted more footage than you'll ever hear. Red means record for some stupid reason. We've got four states planned out. We're going to come back in between. But first, we're going to Montana, Dave. Yeah. We're going to drive the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Then we're coming home. Then we're going to New Mexico. That's right. Then Wisconsin. Large army of battle scouts up there. That's right. Then we'll close out this leg of our state's journey in the state of New York. Dave and Angus are going to take a bite out of the Big Apple, bitches. Man, that should be interesting. Fuck yeah. Can we get a horn of mead to celebrate this shit? Right. Well, I am excited. I'm excited, too. I'm already packed. Well, that's good, because we're leaving tomorrow. Right. I'm ahead of schedule. I feel like you'll still drag your feet. Yeah, Dave and I are very different when it comes to road tripping. Yes, we are. I just bring the essentials, you know, Toblerone, Yikes. moonshine in a mouthwash container, yeah. or five or six. Yikes. I got my Swiss Army knife. You never bring snacks. You barely bring a change of clothes. I only eat gas station cuisine or fast food on these trips, Dave. Okay. Or food challenges, bitch. Yeah, we do eat very unhealthily when we're on the road. Yeah, Dave starts out with a bunch of healthy snacks that no one eats. I eat them sometimes. And then you get to the gas station and you're like, well, now there's better things. Say it's the taste buds. Well, if I bring any good snacks, you'll eat them in the first, like, hour. Yeah. yeah but I have a checklist and I check off every box on my plan you know, before we go out. Dave's out there changing the oil and checking the tires, even if we're just driving to the airport. At this point, I kind of have a ritual before the road trip. Obsess over it? Pretty much. I bring minimalistic things, because I just put shit on the company card, Dave. There's no way you should have the company card. Oh, I definitely don't. Right, I need to make a call after this. Don't you knock on me to Mrs. Cryptkeeper, Dave. There's no way she would give you the card. Yeah, but she'd give you the card. Did you steal the card from me? Montana, New Mexico, Wisconsin, and New York were coming for you. I gotta make a call. I have a single old suitcase, and Dave has a travel armada of crates and shit for road trips. The script keeper's gonna kill me. I do have a box of fruit that, you know, can only be grown in this area that I'm accustomed to. What is with you and bringing fruit that doesn't belong in certain places to those places? I am the chaos day. Right. Well, I need to make a call. Thank you guys, the trusted turd triad, to all the people that help us. Infoscatcast.com if you want to talk to I'm us. I'm sorry to cut this part short, but I really need to call Monique. You look freak, Dave. What's the problem, bud? I feel like the odds of this trip turning out, you know, positive aren't very good. It's gonna be fantastic. We get to fuck with New York, Dave. Now, thank you to all of our patrons. We appreciate every one of you from one 
dollar to a hundred. It's huge. Dave's trying to leave the table because he's no. like, "Give me the card." I don't have it. Of course you fucking have Harner it. Harner Mead for my friend here. Angus, give me the card. No, these steak bites are on me though, bro. G- give me the card. Join us next week for a very no, Montana version of the, the David Angus, Angus Show. Give it, give it to me. Bang, bang. Jose Canseco made it so I can have grilled cheese with egg on it, Dave. Right. Fuck that, Jose Canseco.